Hi, this is Derek Tyler Attico, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show that interviews writers who wish we use our delete button when writing our jokes. Accurate. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give redshirt crewman number 2332. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggle against the Cardassians, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his phaser. All right, guys, our guest today is a science fiction author, essayist, and photographer. He's won the Excellence and Playwriting Award from the, Dr- the Dramatist Guild of America. He is also a two-time winner of the Stra- Star Trek Strange New Worlds Short Story Contest. And he's also a contributing writer for the Star Trek Adventures role-playing game and an RPG designer himself. And Tim's a plagiarist. uh, Tim's a massive plagiarist, and he's okay with it. Um, Because, look, if I find an introduction for somebody that's better than what I was going to write, I'm going to take it off their website (laughs) or off their Amazon description, and I'm going to use it to my own advantage. But it's not really plagiarizing if I tell you that I'm using your stuff. Therefore, welcome Derek Tyler Attico to the FSF podcast. Welcome, Derek. Kim, thank you for having me. It's great to be here, man. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a couple minutes, and he's going to be like, yeah, I'm, what did I do here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, Derek, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because a few months back, I saw a note about a book that you were going to have releasing, and I was like, Oh, that looks really cool. Now, at that time, um, you know, I we had had a couple other writers on the show, and we was one of the things that we want to have more of is talk to more to more writers on the show about what they're doing, and 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 uh, we had just had I think it was John Jackson Miller who just came on the show to cool. promote his uh, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds book, The High Country, and then I think it was like the almost like two or three Facebook posts below that, I saw this ad that you had put up for something that you were going to be showing. And I was like, oh, well, that looks cool. So, yeah, that book that we're talking about is the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko. For those who are listening, yes, that Benjamin Sisko, Captain Benjamin Sisko. Uh, So if you would, please, Derek, tell us about how this book came to be and why you chose to write about Captain Sisko. The autobiography, thank you, Tim, the autobiography of Captain Captain Benjamin Sisko uh, is being released by Titan Books. Uh, Titan is doing a series of autobiographies of Starship captains that have had a series. So it started with uh, Captain Kirk. Um, They've done Spock. They've done Picard. And they've done Captain Janeway. And so now, um, at long last, in time for the 30th anniversary of Deep Space Nine, they are doing Captain Benjamin Lafayette Sisko. Uh, I came on board to the project uh, a a little bit of a sideways uh, way. Um, Someone was doing a podcast and and they had noticed that Sisko's biography had been skipped over because they had did Picard and then they went to Janeway. And someone said, well, you know, when are we going to get a Sisko autobiography? And someone on Twitter said, oh, wow, you know, um, if they do a Cisco autobiography, this guy, Attico, he wrote a Star Trek Strange New Worlds short story um, for um, the 2016 um, 
50th anniversary of of of, uh, of uh, Star Trek, uh, which was a Benny Russell story, he'd be great to write it. That got some traction on Twitter. About a year after that or so, um, Titan went saw that read the story read the story and reached out to me. It's crazy. And so we had a, a, a discussion, and after this, that discussion, um, I was given the project. You know, I, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, how, how because we've talked with a couple different authors. We talked with Dayton Ward. We talked with John uh, Jackson Miller, right. and, you know, and about their particular Star Trek books. And it's like, well, how would you come? You know, and each one of you guys has this really interesting story about how you got into your books. Like, like one of Dayton's, he was like, he went in to pitch one book and they're like, yeah, 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 that's great. But what about this one? You know? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Uh, right. you know, and so, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me about how that kind of that whole process kind of works out, mm-hmm. uh, especially with this, where it's like, you know, somebody on Twitter is like, yeah, that Attico guy. Yeah. Give him a shot at it. Give him a you shot. Know? Yeah. And it was a, it was a lot of it was it was really cool because when I when I wrote that short story, um, it's a Benny Russell uh, continuation from Far Beyond the Stars. Um, I wrote the story I wanted to write. Um, so I really wasn't thinking about what the fans would think or anyone with fans, what the story I wanted to write. And I was lucky that that got into um, the uh, anniversary edition for Strange New Worlds. Titan liked it. I spoke to George Sanderson, um, who was the managing editor for Titan Books. And we were, we were just talking about that story. We were talking about the uh, idea and our, our, our love of Star Trek and Deep Space Nine and, and kind of idea, any ideas I had for a Cisco autobiography, because I I had some, of course, I mean, as a writer, you have some ideas of where you would want to take it if you Mm -hmm. ever was so fortunate to have that, have a project. And um, one of the ideas that uh, Titan had was because Jake Cisco is uh, is an author in in, on Deep Space Nine, was that um, Jake would basically be doing um, in in canon, in the story, in in the show, uh, Jake has written a book called Anselm. And that's like autobiographical. And so they were, one of the ideas was that I would just write that as Jake and put elements of Ben's life in that. And I kind of didn't agree with that because I thought, well, you know, the autobiographies that we've seen thus far have been from the captains in their own words. Mm-hmm. So this should be Benjamin Cisco in his own words, you know? And when I told George my idea of how we could accomplish that, he liked it. He was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like to see where you're going. Uh, we can do that. And I, and I think it was because um, he'd read my short story and he liked my vision for the autobiography. I think mm-hmm. those two things combined. He was like, all right. And uh, I got the project. So I was happy to, uh, I was happy to, uh, to, to do that. But then it was off to the races because once you get it, then you have to, you have to deliver, right? So that right. was, but it was a lot. It was a lot of a lot of. It was challenging, but it was a lot of fun to uh, bring um, Ben Cisco's origin story uh, to life. That's very cool. I, I see, and those are the type of stories that I like when you get to to see something beyond what you see in the films or or right. the TV shows. Something that that gets you to tell, you know, uh, which uh, you know, we talked uh, pre-show a little bit about Star Wars as well. It's one of the reasons. Uh, and I and 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 calm down, Trekkies. We're cool here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, 
this well, was one of the things I liked about with Star Wars is when they released the animated series because it it gave so much more detail and helped explain how we got from here to here and you know oh. and and all these loose pieces uh, in, in the middle. And so that's one of the things I think I'll, I'll look forward to most about your book is that so we've seen Cisco and, and you know, in the episodes of, of Deep Space Nine and, and getting to see him and who he was and how he was and all these different things. But there's this whole other story to him before the point of episode one, season one. And I think those types of origin stories are to me are always very cool. That's exactly, exactly right. You know, and I'm the I'm the kind of person, the kind of, of writer where. I don't come at things necessarily uh, head on, you know, because I think that's, I, I never try and do things that are expected. Uh, I want to do things that are unexpected. Um, and also I've read the other four autobiographies and they're really good, really good. Um, so you don't want to kind of, even though these are other individuals' lives, you don't want to kind of retread and repeat other material. So the challenge as each biography as each new captain you want to not necessarily top it but you want to present something that's very different for the reader because there are people that have obviously read the other four and you don't want them to feel like oh well i've read this in maybe kirk's life or i've read this in picard or janeway's life you know you want to give them something totally different so i came at some things um from different angles that i think will uh will give people a little bit of, uh, of, of surprises, I think, I hope. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So in other projects that you've got, because oh, I just have one project. That's no fun. That's no fun. No fun. <laughs> and being nerds, nerds are never, we don't focus on one thing, but we all seem, at least I, I feel the, the three of us here enjoy playing role-playing games. And you wrote material for the Star Trek RPG, both for the Alpha and the Delta Quadrant, Quadrant source books, as well as the Klingon Core rulebook, which sounds fantastic to me. And I'm thinking that our podcast group might need to venture outside of the Star Wars RPG and into the Trek RPG pretty soon. That sounds, I think we might need it's to very do that. interesting. Point. <laughs> I may so, have sent your husband a note. Oh, of course. I'm sure you did. So my question is, are you a gamer yourself? I am a gamer. I am. I that's how I first started writing was playing role playing games and playing D and D. That's how I really started long form writing was writing campaigns. That is awesome. That's that very is cool. awesome. That is like the best way to get into long form it, it really, writing. Like, see, right, right, exactly. <laughs> nice. That's how I started, and my my friends. I, I I wrote a campaign, and my friends enjoyed it, and that kind of. Uh, enthusiastic feedback. I couldn't have been more than 13, 14, probably around there. And uh, that encouragement was really great. And so then I just was off to the races writing campaigns and, and GMing. And um, yeah, after that, um, I just really was like writing like all the time, all the time. Um, and I've never really had a lot of formal education when it comes to to writing, you know. Um, once I got to college, I had some classes and stuff, but a lot of it has been self-taught, um, and just a lot of reading, a lot of ingesting of, of material, um, and, and role-playing really, um, I was just talking about this today, um, that role-playing, um, really was the impetus for a lot of things in my life and, and creatively, and mm -hmm. that theater of the mind, you know, really started a lot mm -hmm. of, a, a lot of things for me, um. And with Star Trek Adventures, what's really great is um, Jim Johnson um, 
the uh, editor for um, uh, Star Trek Adventures, he uh, is an uh, alumnus from um, Strange New Worlds. He was um, also he also uh, was one of the short story winners from Strange New Worlds when they were the Strange New Worlds anthology, and he pulled me into um, Star Trek Adventures. And it was just a blessing um, to be to be able to write for Star Trek Adventures, and I did I did like a few just short blurbs for the uh, Alpha Quadrant book. Um, I think I did like the last May Day of Enterprise D as it was going down, Ready mm-hmm. in Three, which was really cool. Um, when it came to the Delta Quadrant Delta Quadrant book, I did the chapter the world of the Delta Quadrant. He gave me the whole chapter of the world to do, which was really cool. But like so much pressure, because then I had to figure out what worlds to pick for that book. Right. Mm-hmm. Out yeah, of seven years of Voyager, what worlds is going to represent? That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So then I, the way I thought about it, I was like, well, okay, well, what worlds, if if we were at the Voyager Museum, what worlds would they put like at the forefront? Mm. You know, and those yeah. were the worlds that I highlighted well, in the book. That's yeah, a good really thought. good way to think about it. Also, yeah. you got all excited about Tim's dice, and I'm over here with the... But come on, Last she's over there is not impressive. That's she's looking right. at mine like rookie. I like, like that. I like that. five which I sets am. of dice. I am a rookie That's to nice. RPGs, so he is. He is a rookie to RPGs. He had never played one until what? a year ago what? when we started playing the Saga edition of the Star Wars RPG for our podcast. Mm. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's yeah, it is. Well, you'll see. Growing up, there there weren't a lot of people around around me that I hung out with that that played RPGs, and so right, uh, right. if we played an RPG, it was on Nintendo, you know, like mm, Final Fantasy yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that was the style of RPGs that we played. Mm-hmm. So we never played tabletop games. Um, so yeah, it was about a year, well, almost a year and a half year ago, and wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, her husband John, who is uh, G- the GM of our game. And then also uh, the editor of our show was like, hey, uh, so I call him Producer John. Uh, Producer John was like, hey, why don't we do a, a Star Wars RPG on one of our live show nights? It'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, maybe we'll get some views out of it. And then I was like, well, who cares if we get views out of it? It just sounds really cool. I want to try it now. <laughs> right? I'm like, because I'd because I'd always wanted to try a game. But and we had been talking, I think, up before that point uh uh right around uh 2020 in the year that wasn't um you know we had kind of talked about getting together and doing it but then you know then there was the whole you stay away from me i stay away from you thing and you know and, and so we delayed it all and then we're like well screw it let's just do it virtually uh mm-hmm. you know while in one of our live shows so that's mm-hmm. what we do now so once a month the first monday of every month at 6 30 eastern we start uh we play a game that's beautiful and and i think certain franchises star wars star trek are are just made for role playing, you know, mm-hmm. because the the world's the world building is already set up. Mm-hmm. You know, people uh, know it, love it. They can just jump in, especially if the if the rule sets are easy and adaptable, like both of those are. Mm-hmm. Then the rules get out the way and allow the storytelling and the play to 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 jump to take over. You know. Oh yeah. And people can just jump in, and um, oh yeah. And, and I love that. I love that. I love I love when it's the well, the rules say, but the story says. Right. Right. And it, one of the, I, the great things, too, is I find is that, you know, you were saying how, you know, the, the worlds are kind of infinite, but the, also the storylines are the possibilities for different storylines, because 
you know, in every every year, every episode, there's always some new character that pops up that we've never met before. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go with an established character. You can create your own thing. You can do your own thing. And I, you know, that was to me when we were getting started in this, uh, outside of the the nervousness of golly, I've never done this before. I hope I don't suck. Um, was the the idea that I could be anybody in the Star Wars universe, be anything. Um, you know, and then I decided to be something that looks like, you know, 17 billion other things. I'm a clone. So <laughs> I'm a clone trooper. <laughs> oh, that's, you know what, though? That's dope. That's dope. Um, I never even thought about playing a clone. The last time I played Star Wars, um, I played a droid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never played a droid before. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. The idea of playing a droid. Um, but yeah, clone, that's really cool, too. And um, it, it's a very dangerous time to be a clone. Oh, I can imagine. Right. Right. Because. <laughs> Well, well, whatever. I mean, are you, are you, are post you pre-order 66? Post. We are post-66. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah post-66. Yeah. Um, and this is the era where either the clones were being killed by the Republic, oh. you know, or by the Empire, rather, or right. or uh, leaving the Empire. Uh, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's 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 just so much fertile ground to play, man. Because it is, it is. individuality, you know, as opposed to you were you were a cog in the machine, and now you're an individual, and oh, and as a writer, I can so you can sink your teeth into that. So that's that's great stuff. And and he's there you go. so he's he's a clone that's traveling with a tran no yeah a trandoshan trandoshan yeah a um, wookie a wookie right. um. Uh, what is Zap? What what species is he? He's Some the same of... as Darth Maul. Oh, he's he's a Darth or uh, um, uh, 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 Zabrak. Yes. Yeah. Zabrak. Yeah. And then where the witches a... come from, right? Yeah. 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 From, yeah Darth Mirian. Darth Mirian. And then right. we have a a B two battle droid. Woo! Yeah. But but he's he's um. He's been he... reprogrammed as a pirate. <laughs> He's a yeah. Like if you if you combine a B two battle droid and Steve the pirate from Dodgeball, pretty accurate. With just a little, just a, a a little bit of um the captain from Pirates of the Caribbean, whose name I can't remember all of a sudden. Captain yeah, Jack. Captain, captain Jack. Jack yeah. Thank you. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's just bit insane. In. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a wonderful level of chaos. Yeah, that is really a motley crew. I like that. It is. It is. Yeah. And especially with the because of where they are in the timeline, technically the Wookiee would still be under slave laws. Oh right. To the, to the Trandoshan. Right. But we've they're, flipped they're it on best its head. Friends. They are right. best friends. We flipped it on their head on its head. Right. And now it's the we use that as a cover so that the Wookiee can go where she wants to go. Nice. Because she's actually secretly a noble who's escaped and it's it's all sorts of yeah, there's all kinds of and then we're working for the stories. huts and then we're working for the huts for <laughs> oh, and oh, going up against me. sable dawn at the same time and all kinds of different stuff oh yeah see that's that's this is great, this it's, is great. It's, so. yeah my husband had this huge huge battle planned for us last time and he was expecting it to go on 45 minutes an hour 20 minutes in and his his big bad evil guy for that fight was at negative 35 hit points and it's the Oops, that 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 went faster than we expected it to. <laughs> and that that spontaneity in role playing is, I think, one of the reasons um, that my brain in my formative years 
as a writer because nothing is ever, everything you plan, everything I ever planned out in a campaign, I don't think ever happened the way I planned it. Oh, no, never. And, and those are the best stories because people do erratic things because we're, you know, we're never, we never go according to plan on a story. And so that's what makes it so exciting, you know, and regardless of what you're playing, Star Wars, Star Trek or anything else. And that's what's so cool. So yeah, that you guys must be having a blast. That's, that's we, we are. really are. You we know, really are. It was it was just so funny though. Is when it was it was my turn finally. I had rolled low in the initiative. I had gotten hit, and I had taken fifteen points of damage. But then it's the I'm a Wookiee. I can rage. Oh like, right, that's right. Rage is a that's right. Rage rage is, is a, a thing with the Wookiees. So then I got ten of my hit points back. But then I rolled a nat twenty on my attack while raging, and then did. 3d 10 plus four times oh, two damage and i'm like <laughs> you just murdered it that's yeah. oh yeah, yeah no pretty he, much it, his boots were left but that was it <laughs> my, my, my favorite my favorite comment by john was something to the effect of well that's all i had planned so what are we doing next <laughs> right right and then yeah. we somehow like because because like he was like this is gonna be such yeah. a big it's gonna be a big fight night and i don't know if you guys are gonna survive and then we turned it into a shopping episode i'm like <laughs> yes that's, that's, that's wild. yeah we've you had know, a lot of fun I, with it i wonder if anybody will ever probably somebody has already will ever uh mash up uh uh star trek and star wars in in role play in, in a role play oh that would be fun that would be nuts I just want to put a Vulcan and a Jedi together and see what happens. Oh my God! Right? Yeah. Or yeah. Or even Cleon on and a um, yeah, Cleon and a Sith. Right? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many, you know. Oh man. Yeah, there's just so many combinations. That'd be crazy. But, yeah, yeah. But there, and and what I love about both of these is that I've I've learned that there are people that have never. Just may sound odd to you. There are people that have never watched Star Trek that play Star Trek Adventures, and then they go back and watch Star Trek. And I've um, seen that on the message boards, and I've seen the same thing on message boards for Star Wars. People know all about Star Wars, but they play the game, and mm -hmm. then they go back and watch the films. And I, I would never have thought of that. As no, a, I would think it's. I would think the reverse to be true. That you've you've watched it, you've invested in it, and now you right. want to play it. Right, and the reverse is happening. That people that that these games are a gateway into these shows and films. That's which I fantastic. Think is extraordinary. Somebody yeah. told me the other day that the autobiography of Kirk was their gateway into Star Trek. I'm just like, what? Because I would never think that. And they were like, yeah, I always knew about Shatner and Captain Kirk. So I just figured, let me start with the autobiography. And that's how they got into Star Trek. That's very so cool. You never know where someone is going to come in and how they're going to come in. And I think as long as these, as as any of these um, pieces of, of, of merchandise are true, then that's fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my plan from here, uh, you know, because I said I, I started with, um, I'm back, I'm now in TNG. So I went from Strange New Worlds. I went. I, I watched as much as I could could handle of of TOS. I bailed out in season two. I, I just couldn't. And then I tried watching the animated series. But I also decided I was simply not high enough for that. Uh, 
and then I I went into I went into TNG and I've been enjoying that. So, well, I I have good news for you, Tim. The autobiography of Benjamin Cisco has been written with you and people like you in mind because one of the things I wanted to do is I I I figured that there may be people that didn't watch Deep Space Nine or maybe even not a lot of Trek, or if they did, they did it when they were kids, you mm-hmm. know, and hadn't watched it in 20 odd years, you know, 10, sure. 15 years. Sure. So I wrote it in a style where if you have a little knowledge of Trek, that's great. You don't need to know every episode, everything, you know, everything. You can you can start it off, read it, and once you get into it, it's a story that you'll be able to get into without, you know, obviously without giving anything away. It's a story you'll be able to get into and you're like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing. I see where this is going. And you'll be able to get into it and you should be fine. And then awesome. if, if you go and watch Deep Space Nine, you'll have a whole different um, understanding and flavor of the show. And then people that are well-versed in Deep Space Nine, when they come to the book, they'll feel a certain comfort from, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, at the top of the show, understanding where all those things come from. So I try to make it backwards compatible, I guess you could say. I love that. That's great. It's like a a nice ramp up into the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. Now, Derek, I think you are, we we kind of already touched on this a little bit, uh, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, just to see if you say anything different than what, that we've already talked about. So I love to know what makes somebody tick, why they are who they are, what, why they do what they do. I, I love people's I love learning about people and their stories and, and everything else. So Derek, what makes you tick? What makes you want what made you want to become a writer? Okay. Well, yeah, you, I did talk a little bit about that. Um, um I, I really, I really gotta say, I think it was, I really think it was Star Wars, man. Um, um, I remember my 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 parents were were definitely a, a little Oh, are a little eccentric for sure. And they would take, you know, their kid to like almost any movie. I mean, I was like a little kid going to like see Bond films. And I remember seeing like THX 1138 and stuff. And so I remember mm-hmm. we a midnight show of Star Wars. And I remember seeing like that scene with the Star Destroyer, you know, goes overhead. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was in, you know, I was in, I was, I was all of like what, 10. And, um, I wanted to know everything about it. I wanted to know how that was done. And I found out that it was this guy, George Lucas, and, and he wrote this stuff. And I was like, he wrote this? You know, he created this? And 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 my my mom had brought me up on uh, classic tales of the Odyssey. And I, I, when I by the time I was 10, I was already reading Shakespeare and I was already reading the classics. And I was familiar with Dumas and all that stuff by that time. So... So that was like almost old hat to me, you know? And so something that I could absorb and get into mm-hmm. was like, great. So then um, I, I remember finding out that I, I, I was excited that George Lucas did this, but I wanted to know what excited him. And then when I found out that a lot of his inspiration was um, samurai and Japanese culture, I dived into that. And so that started me in a whole venture of writing, screenwriting. And okay. by the time I, that, that was like a journey of like six years. And by that, and, and I'm watching a, a lot of film, a lot of film. I would, I would, I, I probably watched about in six years from 10 to 16, 
I probably watched easily a thousand, fifteen hundred films, man, um, in that span. And that's the formative years, you know. And sure. And um, so I learned story, enjoying myself, but I learned story. I learned structure. Um, I started reading books on writing, on screenwriting, and 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 so then I started working on and writing a Star Wars script because like kids do it that at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, that stuck with me, you know. That bug, uh, that bug stuck with me. Um, and uh, I, I left writing for a while. As I got to be an adult, you know, you, you become mm-hmm. an adult. And you, you're like, oh, I, I want to do, I'm going to do adult things, or I don't know if this, this, this you know, no writing's going to make any money for me. But I kept coming back to it. And um, a friend in 2005, he said, hey, you know, there's this Star Trek: Strange New Worlds anthology. It's a contest. You should, uh, you write, you should enter it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, let's see if I can still write. Let's see if I still got something, you know? So I entered it and I took first place um, in a story that dealt with um, um, Picard, Janeway, and the Q, uh, with a, the Borg, um, the Q basically assimilate the Borg. Um, and uh, yeah. And uh, I realized from there that, well, maybe, you know, I have, uh, I really, really do have this thing about being, a, I can, you know, make a, make a, a run at being a, a professional writer. And uh, it was off to the races more or less at, at that point after that. Love it. That's fantastic. So, talking about your, how your mom got you into books, your Facebook also referred to you, you refer to yourself as a reader of banned books, which oh, yeah. I 100% agree that oh, yeah. banned books should be read. There is no reason to ban a book. There's no, yeah, there's no reason to ban a book at all. I don't get it. And if it's banned, I want to read it. <laughs> right. Banned, right? I agree with that. So of the banned books that you have read, which one's your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the last, the, well, the last one I read was The Hate You Give, right? Um, that's a really good one. Um, but you, you know, you know what was recently banned was The Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. I Which still can't nuts. believe that one. That's just nuts. insane that they should get banned. And I was like, what? Um, so it, it it's really weird. And, and and first of all, you know, um, we do live in the United States of America and we have the freedoms to be offended. So that that is fine. Right. You know, that part is fine. But um I, I think if if one person is, is offended, then okay, they can voice that 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 offense. But then don't ban a book or, or or there's another thing that's happening I was reading about where people are just hiding books. They go into libraries and bookstores and they're pulling them or hiding them in the other sections of a bookstore. So they'll take them. Like oh, if wow. Yeah, yeah. I was reading this. I was I was reading this um, actually in the Chicago Tribune and it's happening in other places. It was being noted in other places in the country where people like they'll go to a bookstore and if it's like, for example, African-American section, they'll take books and they'll put them like maybe in an automotive so that when you go to that section, you don't see that you can't find them, which is nuts. So it's not really book banning, but it's book hiding, which, which is just... Uh, right, but they can't get it out of the store because they either A, have to buy it or B, steal it and they don't want to get... Yeah. Right, so they hide it. And it's not so stupid. You know, it's so just, stupid. I just right. saw, yeah, I just saw a thing today about the diary of Anne Frank being banned and a teacher in Texas being fired for reading it to her students. Right. And it's the 
because they're so offended that that 13 year olds are learning about this and it's the she was 13 when this happened when this happened right like you know i can understand you said it earlier i can understand somebody being offended and you have the right to be offended but you don't have the right to be offended for me right, right. exactly you know, you know? And, and it's 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 really interesting that you know you have a lot of authors and i'm not and this is not this is not um solely authors of color you have you have um gay um trans you have all different types of authors and just because these authors are different than the you know, than, than other people, mm-hmm. people are taking their books and either banning them or hiding them or this or that. And I'm like, that's that's that, that that's crazy. They they deserve a platform just as much as anyone else. Yeah. You know, so so um I want to read uh anything by anyone, you know. Um and, and I, I will also say that when I was writing the autobiography, I these are things that I thought about, you know, so I try and be inclusive. And what I write, because, mm-hmm. because you know, it, it's a book written about, right, Benjamin Sisko, who's a black man, right? Okay, right. so of mm-hmm. course, be a black family in the book. But then as I'm, you know, I'm writing it, and I'm like, well, I just don't want people of color to gravitate towards it. I want everyone and anyone mm-hmm. to feel like, well, I can pick up this book and find myself sure. in, in this book, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's the point. And that's not only the point of, of what I'm saying, that's the point of Star Trek. Right. That's why it's 57 years plus is that we see ourselves in that hopeful future. Right. Right. So that's what I did in the book is that anyone could pick this up, any economic status, any any ethnicity, and they can find things in it. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I have that in my family. Oh, yeah, I've seen Mm -hmm. that. I know that. Mm -hmm. And that's the point is not to hide that, but to celebrate that. Right. And, that, and that's yeah. great. You know, I think one of the things that people forget, you know, because um, we live in a culture where everything is, you know, and this we're not we don't usually talk about anything that gets any anywhere near political on this show. But, you know, we live in a culture where, oh, oh that's too woke. That's too woke. You know, go woke, go broke or whatever those other guys say, right. uh, you know, whatever. But, you know, the thing that that kills me is that when people complain about Star Trek being woke and I'm <laughs> like, uh, guys. <laughs> It has been woke since season one, episode yeah. one yeah, of man. TOS. Yeah, man. You know, if you haven't caught on to this, you were watching uh, the wrong show somewhere, somehow. Because, you know, one of the things that that people, you know, especially when, when people have problem with, with someone of a different skin color, and but they say they love Star Trek. And those people are out there, oh, yeah. you know. And one of the, my favorite things to point out to some of these people is the episode where the you know the face the face was half black, yeah, half yeah, white. Yeah. If you haven't watched that episode and gone back and, and thought about race relations afterwards, you didn't you missed the whole point of that right. show. Let that be your battlefield. I mean, if you don't get it, you know, um, it's a it's a great episode. Yeah. For me, the best part of that episode is Kirk and Spock when uh Fran Fran uh, Fran, Fran Gorshin, when he's He's explaining, he's like, well, Kirk and Spock are like, I don't see the difference in you guys. And he's like, what do you mean you don't see a difference? He's white on the right side. I'm black on the right side. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And they can't, they, Kirk and Spock literally cannot, it's, it's done so well, because they literally can't get it around their heads with this dude is like, right. what? You know? And But to him, it's like so blatant. You know, it's like, 
can't you see the difference? And they're like, no. Oh, I love that because that's where we should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's that hopeful that's the, that hopeful future. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. So. Oh, definitely. And I'm over here looking at the the current banned books list, the ones that are they're trying to ban this year with the I have that one, I have that one, I have right, that one. Right, right. I mean, there's there's oh my God. You know, there's it's like and, it's nuts. It's just and nuts. the reasons, like so this is the the list of banned books and their reasons. And so the diary of a young girl by Anne Frank right. banned mostly in regard to passages that were considered sexually offensive as well as for the tragic nature of the book, which some felt might be depressing for young readers. Hello. What Imagine living in, in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam. Right. Well, right. What, was the, what was the sexual in nature in Diary of Anne Frank? Yeah, I don't, I, because she I mean, talks I about puberty. Because she's a 13-year-old girl, and she's yeah, talking but, about the changes in her body. And But when we were kids in, in that I'd age, like, I mean, that's 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 life in that age, right? Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to leave this planet now. Can we get the starship thing going so I can... <laughs> I mean, like, the only one that's on here that I can even be remotely with the... Yeah, that might be a good idea. It's not even banning the book, but maybe not put it in schools, is Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. not. Well, I it's mean, not in the young kids section. It's not right. It's not in the young kids section. I read right. that one in high school, and right. it was the you know, maybe, maybe we should. You know, and it's a good and, and it's a good book. I mean, it is a very I good book. Oh, I remember in uh, when I was going I to high school, my English teacher was talking about books that weren't allowed to be read in in class and things, uh, and she actually gave us a list of books that mm -hmm. were not allowed to be read in the school. She's like, and I. She's like, I can't give you these books to read, right? But I'm going to give you this list of books, of and books. you oh, need yeah. to go read them because it was like Catcher right. in the Rye, 1984 by George Orwell, 1984. You know, and and a couple of these other things where it was like, these are some seriously classic okay. novels. Catcher in the Rye is back on the list again. It's back uh, on the list. Well, it's always on the list, though. It's, it's always on the list. It comes off for like a week, and they're like, no, 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 put it back no, on, put it back, back on. on the list. Yeah. To, to Kill a Mockingbird's on here. Of My Men is on here. Grapes yeah. of Wrath. Um, there was oh, another classic American literature. It's just uh, if you don't, I, okay, yeah, I'm that makes me yeah. angry. Gone with the Wind is on here again. See, now I remember oh, Charlotte's Web, that was the other one that got me. What Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web? Web? You've got to be kidding me. Banned what? due to themes of death and the fact that the main characters are talking animals. All right, Karen, you need to go sit down and <laughs> shut up. Well. Wow. I, can't, I, I can't i can't i just harry can't. potter and the sorcerer's stones on the band books list are you kidding me wow and for containing witchcraft the occult and anti-family themes well, well my okay so my my mom had me reading when i was a kid she would she seriously started me off with like the real grimm's fairy tales at like oh oh i oh, have that yeah at like four or five she started me off with poe um, and then I graduated up to Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. okay? So by the time I got to high school, Shakespeare was old hat. Oh yeah. You know, um, but I can't imagine the thing. One of the things that I loved reading in high school was Grapes of Wrath, mm -hmm. you know, was Catcher in the Rye. What, it, it was like, it, it was just such, so riveting reading these books at that age. They, they just captured me. And I can't imagine not having that experience at that age now. Right. One of my favorite books of all time is on the banned books list now. Yeah, that's that's nuts. 
But like, so no. one of the newest ones, it was a bestseller in 2006. And now Water for Elephants is on the banned books list. Wow. I've never, I've never read that. I've never I read that. love that book. So why, so why is that one banned? I'm just curious. Uh, sexual content, point. violence, and extensive use of swear words. It yeah. is seriously <sighs> one of my favorite books I have ever read. Yeah. I don't okay, know it was on, was on, on Tom and Tom. So that was the one here, right? Um, Which one? The Adventures of uh, Tom of Tom Sawyer that was on there, right? Tom Sawyer, yeah. Huck Finn, those are always on, oh, yeah, on and off, on and off, they, on and off all the time. They might not be on this year's list, but I think they were on last year's list. They were on last year's oh, list. Oh, they'll be back on by the end of the year. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's just nuts. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I just don't. The the fact though that sorcerer that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is on here. Yeah, I don't understand that. Anti-family so. themes. Well, because he's an orphan. I'm not so. a huge Harry Potter fan. But I've read the first one, and it's fine. I mean, these are great themes for kids to get into. So yeah, I don't so, understand it. Okay. I'm depressed now. We need to talk about something else. <laughs> I'm depressed for the sake of humanity and the direction it's going. This is not the hopeful future we were looking for with Trek. Oh, oh, okay. but come, on, come on. One last one. Wrinkle in Time has been oh. banned for various reasons. As for being too Christian and then also not being Christian enough. And then it was banned for its new age content. Whatever. That, that, that <laughs> book, can I just say really quickly, I love, I love that, that book. book. Madeline the Angle, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that book taught me about Tesseracts. And I remember as a kid, I must have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10, maybe younger. And I didn't know what a Tesseract was. And so I looked it up. And I started trying to read everything I could about Tesseracts. So you're telling me if I hadn't had that, you know, what would that have not have done to my brain, right? Because I, are you kidding me? Yup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. I just wanted. <sighs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just... Tim's just sad now. <sighs> okay. Well, let's talk about something else that makes me happy. Okay. Let's talk about Batman. I love Batman. Oh, and Batman you wrote. Yeah, you wrote a, I'm going to call it a fan fiction comic about Batman, where he's not the Batman. He's just uh, a crazy person in Arkham Asylum as a patient. Now, years ago, I saw a meme about a similar topic about this, where Batman uh, is, again, uh, a patient in Arkham, but and all the, the people who are the villains in the story are just people who work at the asylum. And, you know, like, and it explained who all these different people were. So in your version uh, of this, um, mm-hmm. how, how did you, how did the story come to be for you? And how did you get to this point? Because I love this concept where Batman's not a real thing. It's just something that he's built up in his mind. Well, well, it, it, it is, it, is he a real thing or is he not a real thing? Um, I, I went to the School of Visual Arts. Um, part of my own self journey to kind of like learn to write, I, I told you I taught myself a lot about writing. One of the things I felt that I needed some tutelage and some learning about, some education about, was learning how to write for comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I out of my own, paid off my own dime, I went to the School of Visual Arts, and Denny O'Neill, Dennis O'Neill, was teaching how to write for comics. And I never connected the name. I took the class. I, I went to the school. I took the class. And I'm sitting in the class the first day. And I'm like, oh, this is that Dennis O'Neill. Uh, at the time, <laughs> he was the uh, chief editor for the, all the, the line of Batman titles. 
And he um, is like, well, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna write up, we're gonna take the whole semester and we're gonna create a comic. And I'm gonna walk you through everything it is to create a comic, but I'm also gonna teach you about how to write for comics. But what he really did in that semester was talk about and teach writing. And if I ever had any one instructor, I've had a few people along the way, but if I ever had any one instructor talk about and teach me uh, different things about writing, it was definitely Denny O'Neill. Okay. And, and um, it was really, it was just fortuitous because a lot of the people that came to the class would have bought their comics and after every class, they would want him to sign. The first or second uh, class, he did it. After that, he's like, look, if you're here to, for me to sign comics, I'm not doing that. I'm here to teach a class. So just don't bring, you know, I'm teaching a class. I, I came to learn how to, how to write for comics and how to write. So I just would ask every question, every question, every question, every question. And it got to a point where he was like, you know, is there anyone other than Derek that has a, that has a question? And when people wouldn't answer, he was like, all right. Derek, you know, what's your, and so it, it almost became like a conversation between the two of us. Um, and at the end of that first semester, he taught me so much. And in the end of that first semester, I went to him the last day with my comics. I waited until the last day, you know, and asked him to sign them. And I, I said to him, I would like to take this class again, but I don't want to pay for it because I'm going to SV on my own dime. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to audit my class? You don't want, you know, he's like, all right, all right. You know, he's like, you can do that, but you can't just come in and out. You have to be here every day. You have to come and you have to, you know, come a second time year and take it. And I was like, you know, you have my word. So I came a second year and it was the same thing the next year. Nobody, nobody really had a lot of questions. There was some, but people just uh, wanted him to sign books. So I sat in front of the class and I got a second year out of Dennis O'Neill. Nice. Um, which is nuts, man. Um, but I learned a lot about Batman. Uh, we talked a lot about the psychology of Batman. Um, I asked a lot of questions about different forms of writing, different ways to write. And one of the things that I that I, I got from Denny is that, you know, he he firmly believed by that point in his teaching that Bruce Wayne was really gone and that that Batman was a dominant persona. And Bruce Wayne was just another disguise that Batman used to get in and out of places, you know? Um, and so years later, I was like, you know what? I want to, I don't know if I ever get an opportunity to write a, a, a Batman comic. And a friend of mine was like, why don't you just do it? You know, just don't charge people. Just, just do it. Just to prove to yourself that you can write a comic and, and do it. You have all that knowledge and experience. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I found an artist and I just wrote a six page story. Um, and I think it's a, Decent story, and it's an homage not just to Batman, but to everything that Denny O'Neill, you know, taught me. And so, mm -hmm. you know, is is that Bruce Wayne in an asylum? Is that Batman captured in a place? Which is that? You know, there's 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 hopefully a lot going on in that. You know, the, the if you one of the things that some people don't notice is that the color bleeds out from page mm -hmm. one to page six. You know. Um, I was the, noticing that actually. Right, the 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 doctor's name on her name tag uh, is very interesting. If you look at the doctor's uh, name tag, uh, I just leave that there. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that now. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Um, so there's little things going on. Um, so you know, you see what's uh, what's happening.
Um, and, and what's going on? And I will also say that's the first six pages to a 22-page script that I wrote. And that's just the first six. So, Well, I'll, I'll say two things. Number one, uh, the writing style I thought was very good. And so I, I look forward. Now I want to. Now that I know there's more than than that, I, I want to read the rest of it. So, <laughs> so chop chop. Let's make that happen. Uh, secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, and I don't remember who the artist's name was, but you have it listed on your website there, uh, and you can find his work on Deviant Art. But the artwork is is top shelf. Yeah, the, the yeah. artist did a phenomenal job depicting uh, the Joker. And, you know, yeah, so it was a, it was a, a nod to classic Joker, but also had some of his own his own flair to it. And I, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, ooh, 2014, 2015. I, I can't say um, it was a gentleman that I found and we were uh, I found him on DeviantArt and he had um, images just posting of postings of Batman and we talked about it a lot and he said yeah I love drawing Batman I'm like well have you done any comic work and he's like no I just really love doing Batman and um so I was like look I have this script I've written it I'm looking for an artist um Joshua Suarez and and uh and I was like hey you know um Josh if you if if you want you know I'll I'll, I'll pay you the going rates man and uh uh, he read the script, and um, I just took the first six pages out of my 22-page uh, script, and he was like, oh, I, I like this, and uh, and we did it. And we did it in, like, I don't know, it wasn't that long for him. He he did all that digitally. He had just bought, like, a a, a digital uh, uh, thing he was doing, he was working on, and I think he did it, like, in two weeks, you know? All right, good. cool. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, I... Uh... If you want to, guys who want to take a look at this, if you go to Derek's website, which we'll have listed in in the show notes down below, uh, you can find it, find it there, and it's it's really cool. I yeah, it's a fun read. It's a cool read. Please go check it out. And um, yeah, so those other sixteen pages, you know, chip chip chip. Let's make that. Happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no pressure though. No pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Derek, as Tim warned you at the beginning of the interview, we do our silly introduction, our serious introduction. We ask some questions. And then, because our questions are not silly enough, we ask a silly question. Like, okay. we have a specifically silly question. And it was one that I had asked a couple of times because I feel that it's a question that once you're past about the age of six, nobody really cares about anymore. And that is a darn shame in my mind. So, Derek, what is your favorite dinosaur? <gasps> I love that response. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, it it used to be like the well, the T Rex, right? Because like my girlfriend is like, oh, you're like a T Rex, right? You have these shoulders and you like have these arms, right? Um, <laughs> um, and she's a little right, but don't tell her. Um, <laughs> Secret safe here, right? But now, um, thanks to uh, Steven Spielberg, it's got to be like the Velociraptor because they're like wicked. And they're smart, you know? So I would say Velociraptor probably, yeah. Ooh, that is a solid, solid answer. Yeah, I answer. love the excitement on people's faces, though, when you ask them what their favorite dinosaur is, and it's that, like, nobody's asked me that since I was six. Like, right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, we love that. We, You know, we used to ask a variety of different questions, and, and we kind of settled on this one because we started asking, and it, your reaction is not <laughs> uncommon. And I just, I love that. It's the, that, that, 
pure moment of bliss and happiness when somebody's <laughs> like, oh, I get to talk about get... my dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, for some silly reason, that's just not cool after a certain age. And that's lame because dinosaurs are fantastic. No, dinosaurs are cool. I have a dinosaur script in my head. (gasps) Yeah, and it's nuts, but I think I'm going to get to it at some point uh, next year because it's nuts, but it could work. It it could work. It could work. At least I think it could work. So, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. More dinosaur stuff. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Derek, thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and your work? Kathleen, thank you very much. And Tim, thank you both for having me. Um, well, you can find me on my website, uh, DerekAttico.com. And my handle is dattico, D-A-T-T-I-C-O, on social media, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Twitter, uh, well, X, formerly the, known as Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, still, it's still Twitter. It's still Twitter. Okay. Facebook. The social, okay. the social media formerly known as Twitter. Right. The social media formerly known as uh, Instagram, everywhere, just the Attico, D A T T I C O. And reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to people and t- talk to all of them about uh, dinosaurs and, and Batman and, and yeah. Star Trek. And, Star Trek of course. And, and the autobiography comes out on November 21st, mm-hmm. um, which is the a Tuesday. And it's still available for pre-orders if anyone wants to pre-order. Awesome. Well, we are definitely going to link your socials. And seriously, guys, pre-order the book. Do it. You're not going to regret amazing. it. Not going to regret it. Sound amazing. I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on it. So I love Deep Space Nine so much. Like, awesome. it is. it was my introduction to Trek. Like, because I was a kid when it was airing and my parents were watching it and I grew up watching it. And then it was the this is the best and I love this. And then I fell in love with Voyager, but no. You should have seen her when, when Armin Shimmerman was on the show. She absolutely fangirled. I died a little bit. It was great. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. And then he he sent an autograph picture to my mom. Oh, that's that's cool. It was so cool. And I didn't tell her about it. And then she got it in the mail and she called me and she's like, what is this? I'm like, what is what? (laughs) What is this picture that I got? I'm like, I don't know. What is it? She's like, it's quark covered in tribbles. I'm like, oh, that's the one he said. <laughs> great one. That's yeah. That's that's a great gift to give mom. That's, oh, that's, it was yeah. so cool. Yeah, it that's was pretty so awesome. Very that's, cool. Yeah. All right, guys. We want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to help our show continue to grow and get amazing guests like. Derek Tyler Attico here. By the way, this has been an, uh, just an absolutely phenomenally enjoyable conversation with Derek. And we he, there's a bunch of funny moments to listen to. And by the way, there's some there's some moments that have not been included in this edit of the episode. You can only find them on our Patreon channel. And you can find that there with five different levels of subscription from $1 to $40. And so go check us out on Patreon. Find out what things we talked about that had us laughing, maybe crying. Maybe a little bit of sneezing. Who knows? Anyway, go and check Tim it out. throwing the... his pens at the computer. I did throw my pen at the computer. That was stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, go check that out. And please go check out Derek's work. And you are definitely going to want to uh, get in on that pre-order for the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko, Captain Sisko, if you will. But if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is the man quark yes this Ferengi found out there was a potential for profit in the trading of information sometimes there's important information and sometimes it's just two copies of a complaint form 
telling them how much we suck at our job. Now, the really sucky part for us is we'll never know how bad the punishment will be because it all depends on really how bad we did or even more so on how much gold press latinum you have in your storehouse. Yeah. All right, Derek, th again, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. And that's going to what? Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to finish us off for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.